welcome to the Book Talkies podcast, a unique show where we take you into the wonderful world of books. On this platform, I, Anirudh, and I, Kaustub, will be conversing about the books we have read and come to love. Our purpose for this podcast is to make you fall in love with books. As we discuss our perspective on some bestsellers and hidden treasures, we hope to persuade our listeners to join us on this splendid journey of reading. And now, let's dig right in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you're listening to the Book Talkies, and welcome to yet another fascinating and exciting episode. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about a formidable book or rather a tetralogy or like four volumes of books. And I carefully chose the adjective formidable and you will get to know in some time when we get into uh, the discussion with our guest speaker. Today, we are going to talk about a magnum opus called Anniversaries from the life of Gezin Prespal, written by Uwe Jonsson. It's one of its kind book and you will get to know why. But before we get into that, Anirudh, good afternoon. I have a very, very, very stupid and unique question for you. Were you or are you a WWE fan? Good afternoon, Kostub. I, I, I tend to like your curveball questions a lot of times, but this one and to do with reading, Hmm. I would want to understand where this is coming from. But yes, I have been uh, up till I think my school days. I've been a big fan of WWE for sure. Yeah. Not as much now. Yeah, of course. Like we are adults, right? We have to behave like adults. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but when you were growing up, who was your uh, favorite WWE superstar? I think it was Triple H. Ah, Triple H. Okay. The, now the I think one of the owners of WWE, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. That's but correct. My 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 favorite superstar and hands down and still is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do, do you know him? I do. I do. Yeah. You would wonder why I'm asking you this stupid question, right? Because I, I'm not so sure if you know how it is kind of directly related related to our episode, but it is indeed uh, because the guest speaker today possesses three qualities which I saw in in uh, Steve Austin. One. Is the most one of the most successful, uh, you know, superstars in WWE. Second, professionally and personally, he is a very, very humble human being. And third, he kind of looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And uh, so let let me on 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 this note, let me introduce uh, Martin Stelbrink uh, to our our listeners, Martin. Welcome to the Book Talkies. Thanks, Kaustop, and hello to Anirudh, and hello to all the listeners to this podcast. I'm really pleased to be here, and I already feel humbled by your introduction. So um, thanks for that, Kaustop. We are Thank delighted to have you, uh, Martin. And I think Kaustop and me, we have been really excited about this episode. And why not? It is a typical fanboy moment for both of us to have somebody of your stature on our podcast so it's a really delightful moment for both of us and we've been looking forward to this with that martin maybe can we start if you don't mind with a little bit of a personal and a professional introduction about yourself yes um 
My name you already mentioned, I'm Martin Schellbrink. I'm based in Germany. Uh, I'm, I'm originating from an area that's called Eastern Westphalia, which is an area where people usually don't talk. And I moved professionally then into the area of Düsseldorf, which is exactly the opposite. So I kind of had to learn how to talk, which was also helpful in my job. I'm um, a managing director at Accenture. Um, and I've been working at Accenture for the last 25 years. Um, the book we'll be talking about kind of accompanied me during almost all of that period. And I will probably tell a bit later on how that came about. Um, and I, I mean, you already know, um, and that's why you invited me. I am an, a very avid reader. I always have a book with me wherever I go. Uh, and that has been the case since I was a well, since I learned to read, right? So really from, from the first moment, I almost always had a book with me. Right? I, I have other hobbies as well. I'm a, a music lover, right? And Kostop, we listen to some of the same heavy metal music. Uh, um, so that is, that, that is the one side. And then on the other side, I have hobbies which are very opposite to the loud music, um, to the pretty, interactive job that I have, uh, which is photography and bird watching, which is almost well, something that almost always I do on my own. So being alone in the nature, I even spent this morning four hours before this call outside watching birds. So, um, so that's kind of how I find my balance with books and spending time in nature. And then Obviously, there are the very interactive activities in the job uh, or going to heavy metal concerts or maybe even to a football match where I'm a season ticket holder of Borussia Mönchengladbach. Wow. Wow. I mean, heavy metal, bird watching, music lover, avid reader, a successful leader. I am. I mean, Martin, you're one, one full package. And... It's not just me, okay? I mean, I, as I said, I'm, I'm very honored that you're here. But many of us in, in Accenture, we look up to you, you know, for multiple reasons. Professionally, you know, you are such an approachable person to all of us. And you are one of the strongest problem solvers I have come across. You have what we, what I could say is value-focused leadership. I, I mean, it's, it's, these are very unique qualities in you. That's the professional side. And personally, when you know, the way more I got to know you in these couple of years. I, I remember your your emails, your, your genuine emails during the COVID days to the entire team. It just moved me, you know, and you could bring that personal touch because you could feel that you are responsible for these this account and these people. So that was, and I felt that way. I could connect to you that way. And of course, the you mentioned uh, music, you know, the, the love, love for music and the love for the similar bands. And I think we have a similar type of reading style, right? Because you 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 shared your list of of books that you covered and read in 2022, and what you want to read in 2023. I I and Anirudh, I was pleasantly surprised. I I would always find that leaders always read you know uh, leadership focused books, but you won't believe Martin's one of the books he read was latest book by Stephen King, Fairy Tale. And I also read that. And that was, that just blew me away. 
I mean, like, okay, he reads that kind of stuff too. So let's 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 have that kind of exciting conversation here. So once again, I, I thank you for being here. And Kaustub, if you allow me, I actually try to avoid leadership style books. I mean, I actively avoid them unless there is something very specific I want to learn about, or is very where our clients are very excited about. Then I read it to be informed. But I actually try to read when I read for pleasure something that I enjoy reading. Right. And, and by the way, Stephen King is one of the most underrated authors, right? So everybody sees him as this multi-billion, probably, uh, horror bestseller, but he's one of the most fantastic uh, authors uh, living, right? So completely agree with you. Sure. I think Martin going to uh, I, I stay with my grandparents here in India, and. Uh, typically with the consulting and the sales sort of lifestyle that we have with work he thinks he believes or not not even thinks he believes that by the age of 35 40 when i'm 40 i would have burnt out in terms of giving as much as i could to deloitte earlier to accenture but i think uh, from from what you have covered here talking about the fact that you don't look to leadership books you your your hobbies are listening to heavy metal bird watching i think all of these things are actually what keeps you sane and what keeps you fresh to focus your energies towards work uh, so really inspiring for me as much uh, i hope for the audience as well so martin we just wanted to understand a little more you said books have always been very close to you so what really drives you to read how do you make time for reading and uh, maybe just broadly what type of books do you really read in terms of your taste for uh, books maybe if you can cover that Okay, I mean, f- first of all, making time for reading is you basically just decide you want to read, and that could be in a hotel in the evening, right? And you have nothing else to do. I almost don't watch any TV, um, so that that makes up uh, the time um, as well. And I read during traveling, right? So if I drive, I listen to audio books. and if i'm on the train or on a flight then i have carry the book with me and i read the book right so so traveling always has been one of the since i started my job which involves a lot of traveling has always been one of the the times where i could actually then spend 2 3 maybe 4 hours reading in a book and i like it because i can get lost in it 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 binds the attention much more than let's say a tv movie or um, something that you listen to um for me it's when you're into a book you really lose the book and i've literally i've literally missed train stations because i was so much into a book having some music on my ears and then i looked up and i said oh my god i've missed getting off the train so i had to get off and take the train back <laughs> recently like any any recent such incidents well the one that i was thinking of that's probably 7 8 years ago and i was on my way back home from berlin on a train and there's a basically a train switch i have to make in 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 a city called ham and one train goes towards cologne and the other one goes towards düsseldorf and I, <laughs> and i'm 
literally missed that. I only realized when I was in the next station and said, oh my God, I missed the station. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's such a compliment to the, to, the, to the book that you were reading, to the author, that, that, you know, that made you be engaged in that book so much. So that's, that's kind of a compliment to the author. Yeah. And I don't remember which book that was at the time, but but I know I was reading a book um, and, and not paying attention to what was happening around. I, 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 now I want to kind of steer a conversation to the book that you, you know, that you want, you suggested. And I, I remember our team's conversation. You said, oh, you want to dare to uh, talk about this? Okay, let's do it. Because that's one of your favorite books. And Martin, we... What we would like to know, and the audience would like to know, is what is anniversaries about? You know, uh, the book by Uwe Jonsson. And in our research, I was so intrigued by this book for two reasons. There are very few, or, or I think there is no booktuber who has covered this book as a as a review. Second, you would find very authentic reviews like New York Times or, or you know, or, or review circles like New York Times who are in the business and who have given a very unique perspective. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the articles that New York Times, uh, you know, published and it, the title of that article is a masterpiece that requires your full attention and a lot of time. And I, I read it and trust me, I was, I was, I was, so the title itself was so, so catchy. And one statement in particular that really um, made me stop was anniversaries, a book is not difficult reading, but it is painstaking. Look at that statement, right? It's not difficult, but it's painstaking. So, and this is one of your favorite books. So what I would like to ask is, what is this book about for, for our listeners? And why do you like this book? Before I tell what it is about, let me maybe tell how I came about to know about this book, right? because that has to do on why I like it so much. And as I said, it accompanied me for most of my professional career. I started working in 1998 um, and I, the first five years or so I was working in Frankfurt, so commute, uh, commuting from Düsseldorf to Frankfurt. And whenever I'm in a waiting in the train station, I go to the bookshop, right? And the train station bookshops are always better than the ones on the airport. And you can kind of just, I mean, whatever waiting time you have, you can just lose yourself and, and look at the books. And I in, actually had to look it up and Google it. In, in the year 2000, the publishing house created a one volume paperback version of this book. It's one of their premium paperback versions. And it was so intriguing. It was a brick of a book. And it was a simple black cover, just the title on it in, in red uh, letters. And I opened it and it, it looked like a diary, right? And then I put it away and I took my train. And then the next time I came to the, I was there every week, right? Because I was commuting every week. So after three or four weeks, always I looked at this brick and then I said, how? Oh, have to buy this so i bought it and put it and started reading this thing um because it looked a little bit like a diary i knew nothing about this book i knew nothing about the author um there is very little 
on the cover of this version, right? So you kind of have to trust what you get. But somehow I was intrigued by it and I took it and I started reading it on the train and I was blown away immediately. But what that uh, New York Times review also said, uh, it takes a lot of time. I think I carried this book, I don't know exactly, probably three or four years with me in my working bag. And that's how long it took me to finish it, the first. <laughs> um, so that was quite um, quite an experience getting to this book, right? Because at the time in 2000, the internet did exist, of course, was the first uh, .com boom, but information wasn't so readily available. So I kind of got this book and kind of got into it. And now if you, if, if you tell what it is about, there's one, one aspect is the story and the other aspect is how it is structured. And if, I, if you allow me to summarize the story for a moment, the story is about Gesine Crespo, who is a single mom um, with German background, uh, living with her 10 and then later 11 year old daughter Marie in New York in 1967 and 1968. And the book covers a year of their life. And during that year, she tells about her own childhood. And actually it starts a little bit before her own childhood about how her father got, uh, went about. And her father is a master carpenter. He actually emigrated from Germany around 1930 to go to England because he saw racism and Nazis and so on. They, they were getting more powerful. He didn't like it. He went to England, but he came back um, and married the daughter of a very influential landowner in a small town in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, which is on the Baltic coast in Germany. And he married her, took her to England. And in the year of 1933, she went back to get the child in Germany. And he moved back to Germany, not because he liked the, the Nazis who were getting to power in that year, but he went for love, right? So he basically went to stay because his wife didn't get along in, in England, right? And now every day, a little piece of the story, either in New York or of Gesine growing up first in Nazi Germany, then in the war years, then in the post-war years, and then with the growing communism, because that's in Eastern Germany, and then even leaving the communist world into Western Germany, right? So that's kind of what the story she tells her daughter in New York is about. And there's quite a bit of stuff that's happening in New York, which has to do with her job in a bank, and uh, obviously with their life, it's pretty normal life that they that they lead in New York. Um, but obviously, if you look at the years 1967 and 1968, they're also quite interesting years from a world history. Oh. Civil rights movement, Vietnam War ongoing, killing of uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Um, so a lot of things are happening. And, and this leads to how this book is structured. The German word Jahrestage is a little bit, has a double meaning, right? It's the days of the year, right? But it's also anniversary, right? So he's word playing with this thing. Okay. And, and, and he selected to basically de describe this year of the Gesine and Marie in New York. 
he starts every day or not every day but most of the days he starts with a summary of what are the headlines in the new york times the new york times is a very important part of this book because it kind of and he he doesn't literally sometimes he has some literal words in there but he paraphrases this in a bit of an ironic way uh, to do that and then then after that usually it then jumps off either in the new york life or the story that's happening in germany in the past so so it switches back and forth over 365 days as you said right so that's that's how the book is structured so yeah it's a bit of an investment to go into this three to four years to to read this book for the first time that i i don't think i i have any such book where i am so invested that i will still be with it till it till i'm able to finish it i'm i don't know anil do you have such books that, that... i i can't really think of but uh, before we actually got into this episode i was i was really thinking it'll take a lot of effort for martin or for anyone to really convince me to read this book but with the with the overall context that you have provided so many activities happening in that one year and the con- the stories coming from new york as well as germany i genuinely am motivated to actually go ahead buy this book and pick it up how, how big is this book uh, martin how big is this book in in the original version which is a normal let's say it's the four volume version it's had has about 1800 pages 1800 also the story it's not a, a a tightly flowing story and that's what makes it maybe to some readers a bit painstaking right i mean i've had with my wife she's an avid reader but she doesn't like the book at all so she doesn't get get into it um because i thought about how to explain this i right? and it's a bit difficult to explain um but i'm sure you have good friends right and i'm sure you're pretty knowledgeable about their families and their backgrounds and you know a lot about them because you talk with them about this stuff right but i i would be surprised if your good friends one day would sit you down and say look now i'm going to tell you the story of my life right and then you spend 6 hours and they're going to tell you how they grew up and what they did and so on but you learn the story of the their lives in bits and pieces right you have some conversation and they would weave in something that they've done with their family at some point in their life or something that happened to them at some point in their life and this book is similar you you kind of get to know gesine and marie and over time you get to know their life both their current life and their past in bits and pieces it flows fairly chronological both timelines the new york timeline and and the uh, germany timeline but it's it's always bits of information that you get and bit by bit the the image forms and it's okay you get to know your friends over several years and therefore i think it's okay to read this book over several years right because that's a similar experience that is some perspective martin you have actually sold this book to me <laughs> whom do you relate to if if i may ask so if if you remember the book as a volume and 
the two characters that you keep calling out uh, Gazine and her daughter Marie or any other character in the book has it happened to you that you relate to any of these characters and somehow you be that character and you you, you read the book from that character from that person's perspective I don't relate personally to any of the characters in the sense that I think I could be that person but that that doesn't happen right but I relate to several of the people where I could think I could be a close friend of that person ah uh-huh. I mean that's how I see this right and I think you, you got to have some sympathy with these people because you're investing so much time and there is a, a long running discussion and can you like a book when you don't like the characters or don't like any of the characters in it I mean I think I could be friends with Gesine right? I I really love how Marie is I think she's a little bit wiser than her age which is so there's a lot of dialogue between Gesine and Marie that's happening where you really think well that's actually pretty wise of a 10 or 11 year old girl and then you have the characters in the past which right I mean most people probably know has not been a very good time in germany right i mean it's nazi time it's a dictatorship it's oppression right. it's then turning into killing of a lot of people starting a world war so it's a pretty dark time and a lot about it frankly in both current times and that dark time is about how can people personally be decent people in such a time and her father and her grandfather they somehow managed to stay decent people and uh, but from a very personal they are not resistance fighters and they're doing right the father at some point helps um, smuggle some information to the british forces about in in an um, um, a luftwaffe airport near the, that city but more or less they're living their life they're trying to make the best of their life but still they try to be decent people right so they help their jewish friend to emigrate and keep their money at least right so at least they don't lose all their money but that's not i mean on the one hand that's a dangerous thing but it's a small thing that people have done and you hear a lot of these stories and it, it's like how can you be decent in that time right and and there the grandfather he's a very stubborn he's a super influential figure in the, in the city and when the nazis take over a lot of people who have been very unsuccessful get into power positions in the city. and he kind of he really with a very sarcastic and ironic tone always dismisses them right and says look you may be in this powerful position but i'm still who i am and i'm still the influential person so it's like don't you think you can rule the city right <laughs> that sort of that sort of thing right and 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 there are really there are moments where you get a smile and you really think well you can be a decent person in such a time wow and all all of this is covered in a diary format i think 365 chapters one chapter per day and all you get to see is this journey throughout the book yes yes and the setting is that gesine tells it to, tells her story to marie 
but it's not yeah. written as a dialogue right so it's not written in the in the way that they say look they sat down again and she's telling the next part of the story that's not how it works but it works more of it naturally then flips into the into the story of the past so you start as i said usually often with the summary what happens in the vietnam war uh, what's happening are there some demonstration against the war um, and and then it slips into either part of the new york story or slips part of of, of the of the other story so it's not really written like a diary i mean every chapter has the day um, and, and date on there and it relates to the date of in most of the chapters with the summary of what the new york times writes on that day but then the story flows on right but it flows on really in bits and pieces why so two questions here maybe uh, from my side what are your key takeaways from this book and second kind of uh, parallel question here would be why do you keep going back to this book because in our off the record conversation you said that you know you you reread this book you have reread it you know, quite a few times so yeah these these two questions from my side i mean key takeaways in I've, I've actually looked at the webpage of the New York Review of Books, who has published this thing in English, because I've I didn't know whether it would be available in English or not, and it was translated only in 2018. So, and the book was published in nine, between 1971 and 1983 in four right. installments. So quite a quite a late translation, and there were some press snippets. Um, Uh, that you get and and one thing that is said it's it gives you 50 years of history in just one year and 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 there is an aspect of that right but there is not a single chapter that describes the history to you like, which is it it only describes fairly regular people living in the history and and they are they are experiencing the history in the same way that we do we they read the news they read the new york times right and the father reads the whatever the newspapers are in in germany at the time and the things that you know in the big history books like i don't know the suppression of the jews if you take the german time or if you have this civil rights movements or the everyday racism that happens to the uh, uh, to the african american people in in the us these things they see from the view it just happens to them right and 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 you get to know a lot about how it felt to be in these times without this very patronizing type of i explain you how this period was but he, he and a little bit of the painstaking part of this is he has a a very good eye for detail so when he describes how you walk through the bank building where gazina works you see the bank building in front of your eyes right? because he has this this eye for detail right and it's written in a way that's actually fairly easy to read but yeah there's a lot of information in it that you kind of have to process as you go along right so it's not one of wow. these thomas mann books where one sentence takes three pages right it's 
simple, fairly simple sentences, but all coming with a lot of eye for detail, a good sense of irony that's happening. Um, and that's how it's described. And why do I go back to this book? I go back because I think I befriended the guys. <laughs> and I kind of missed them, <laughs> right? So if you read a book for four years, <laughs> if you read a book for four years, um, and then it's over, you kind of said, well, that's sad, it's over, right? So, and and as, so as I only read bits and pieces, I mean, this is a book that's almost always on my uh, on my uh, little cupboard next to my bed, right? So when I go to bed, I read one or two of these days, right? And that's all, right? So I don't read for two hours in this book, right? But I read one or two, and in parallel, I read lots of other books, right? So I read my normal books, but then I said, well, let's read a day of, uh, anniversaries and and that's how I read it and I I read it in this brick of a book the first time probably three or four years I don't know and then I loaned the book to a friend who obviously with that book it disappears for three or four years <laughs> you kind of know <laughs> so that was then the time when Amazon launched the Kindle so I got the Kindle version of it and I continued reading on the Kindle version and uh, when COVID struck, uh, we actually went on vacation in that area in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern on the Baltic Sea. And I kind of said, well, that's the area where this was. And, and I wanted to have an actual physical book to take with me because my friend still had, has my brick. <laughs> <laughs> so I got an, a more original version. I even got the version signed by the author. That's not what I have, right? So the four piece. Uh, version signed by the author. I think the, the right answer, I believe, it just blew me away. Thanks, thanks for sharing this with us. And and generally, books have stories, but reading the book having a story in itself that's that's a new thing for me as well. So, great great story there, Martin, behind. Uh, yeah. And in are... this book, there are hundreds of stories, hundreds of little stories that happen, right? Both in. 1967, 1968, uh, as well as then in the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s um, in Germany. So there are many small of these typical small episodes that you have in every family. And that's what you read, right? But with all these episodes, you kind of form a picture of the people, you form a picture of the period and the history that's happening around them, which is fascinating. Absolutely, Martin. I agree. As, as we sort of reach towards the end of this episode, uh, Martin just wanted to understand with all the experience that you bring and all these all the passion and the years of reading that you've been into, what are some of the key parameters or the thought process that you have when you have to go and pick a book from a bookstore? Because as you said, a lot of times we tend to get lost. We There is so much you want to read, so much you want to pick, but if you were heading into a bookstore today, how would you actually pick up one book that you have to read, the next book that you have to read? Well, that's, I, I never pick up only one book in a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, a whole shelf of books that I still want to read and it's constantly growing. So I buy more books than I can read. So that is one thing, but that's probably a result of me being professionally successful so I can afford to buy books that I may never read. <laughs> so that is 
<laughs> that 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 is one thing. Um, um, but I, I I kind of, I mean, there is the cover. There are certain authors. Um, I have um, I read a lot of. I mean, I read fiction books like this one. But this one is was kind of appealing because I also like things like autobiographies or actual diaries of authors, which are which I like or somewhat autobiographical work like Karl Ove Knausgaard. He's writing in a very in a way based on his own biography. He calls it novels, but in fact it's autobiographies. And and I kind of get get a lot of associations from these books. Right, it's a, same with music, right? So I read a book by him recently, and then he describes he's putting up this the the Master of Puppets album of Metallica, and then I had to go and has like put up the stream the Master of Puppets album, so I have to listen and kind of get into the mood, and and they also tell what they read, right? Or especially, especially or if or if there's letters, right? So it's fascinating if you read letters by authors, right? Because they describe what they read. And then I kind of said, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to pick that up. And that's kind of also another way, not just walking into the bookstore and then I just get inspired. I pick the book, I read a few pages and then said, well, I like it. Or I get inspired by reading other stuff, and then I said, "Well, that's similar," or he mentions it, and so on. Really exciting, really exciting. I think that's again a very fresh perspective that we have got, uh, and more, more for our audience as much as for me. I keep looking for inspiration to read and finding ways I can really, as you said, you buy more or you have more to read in the pipeline. Then you can actually read in a lifetime, I would say. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think uh, we can we can definitely go on and on. But uh, uh, you you have, as I said, the book is sold. I will certainly pick this up, and maybe three years, four years down the line, uh, if we do have an opportunity. <laughs> so if you ever finish it, right? I'd be I'd love a ping from you and and just uh, hear from it right and i know it's not going to happen in a short period i mean it's just too big a book to just as a professional read and be finished in a month right that's just not working absolutely i agree i think as you said there's a story within a story and then there are so many stories within it you want to spend enough time and do justice to the effort that has gone in to put that together as well thanks a lot martin it's been an absolute pleasure having you here thank you This brings us to the end of this episode of the Book Talkies. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and help us spread the word. We would truly appreciate any feedback that you may have. So please use the link in the description to leave your comments. Thanks again. See you in the next episode. Till then, happy reading. Thank you.